God, your ways are not our ways. You call us to something different. You call us to peace, to hope, to pure love, to resurrection. So help us today to let go of the things that we cling to that keep us from the true gifts that you have for us. Open our minds, open our hearts, open our best laid plans. Unless you speak to us today, nothing of value will be said, so give me your words to speak and keep me completely out of your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, here's those bumbling idiot disciples of Mark again, huh? These guys, James and John, sons of Zebedee, sons of thunder, they're called, got the harebrained idea in this morning's gospel to ask Jesus if they could be in the places of honor at his right and at his left when everything was said and done. And I've got to tell you, whenever I read about these guys in the scriptures, I, th- I see Bill and Ted from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> That's who these guys are. Excellent! I want to be on your right and on your left. Sometimes it must have felt to Jesus like his disciples did not know him at all. But we can't really blame them too much. We should know better, but we often don't live like it. For James and John, they at least had the excuse that they grew up in a culture where social hierarchy was everything. It was survival, it was respect, it was blessing. They had to really reframe their whole lives to try to get what Jesus was saying and where he was coming from. They had to almost remap the way their brains worked. But no matter how many times we hear that Jesus did not come to get earthly acclaim and that Jesus does not care about the hierarchies of man and that it's bankrupts in our hearts to even try for that stuff and that in fact, Jesus came to overturn the power structures of the world, we're still tempted to double down on earthly power. It feels safer to bet on power than selflessness. It feels certain to choose domination over mutuality. It feels satisfying to be on top rather than to recognize that the best place to be is serving others. Today is a reminder, a wake-up call. Our ways are not God's ways. A glimpse into what God's ways are comes from our epistle in the book of Hebrews. It references a very brief story from Genesis about a dude named Melchizedek. What a name. It was a priest. He was a priest and a local leader in the area of what is now Jerusalem. And he came out. He was only mentioned once in the book of Genesis. He came out and he blessed Abram. It was a very brief encounter and it was kind of out of nowhere. The the book of Hebrews says that Jesus was a priest in the order of Melchizedek. And it shows us a little bit about what being a leader in Christ's love means. Because Melchizedek had no pedigree that we can find. There was no connections of him to the hierarchy within the ruling class or religious accreditations. There was nothing that we can see beyond that he had an innate gifting from God, that he showed God's love and blessing that he led his community in goodness and strength. He was a person that God had anointed to care for the people. He did not hold power 
because of what his name was or because he was a part of some long line of kings. He was chosen to serve. Jesus, being a priest of this order, means that Jesus, too, was anointed by God and not by man. He was God's plant into humanity to highlight and bring healing, hope, love, and resurrection power into the world to show us what it means to go and move in Christ's love. Jesus was fully God and fully man. Jesus was the Messiah, but we don't know this because of his lineages. We do not know this because of of that he came up as an order of a king. He was not recognized by the powerful of the day as anything other than a threat, right? The powerful folk knew who he was, but as someone who was a criminal. He was murdered because he terrified those that were in power. We know that Jesus is a Messiah because of his life, because of what he did, how he made people feel, how he healed people, how he taught a new way to be that brings true hope. We know that he was a Messiah because of his death, because of his resurrection. And the one who recognized and celebrated his power throughout his life, remember who they were? It was always the marginalized. It was always those who were on the outside. It was the hurting, the rejected, the weak. To them, Jesus' reign was good, good news. James and John, or Bill and Ted, whatever you want to call them, thunderously asked if they could be at Jesus' right and left hand. The other disciples were indignant because they asked first, and they also wanted to be at Jesus' right and left hand. And Jesus tried to steer them and show them a different way. He answered that it was not even on his mind, not in his wheelhouse, not something he even cared about because that's not what this is all about. What all of this, if if we saw him, he was probably waving his hands around wildly, is about serving others. It's about being here so we can be love for those who need it. Jesus cared about not what he looked like on the outside, not how much power he had, but what he was sent to do. The suffering and service that he would endure that placed him in eternal solidarity with humanity. His sacrifice that would act as a bridge to a new day, inspiring all of us to choose the path that leads to resurrection when we are so tempted to take the path of least resistance. We as humans really are tempted to pursue comfort and personal gain. I mean, our kids know exactly what to say. God bless them, they're awesome. But we are so often need reorienting to God's ways. We envy stuff. We want to align ourselves with power. The saddest funeral I have ever heard of was in Skagit Valley, where I came from. And it was a man who died. And at his funeral, they put out on display all of his stuff his cars, his collections, his recreational vehicles, his boats, his motorcycles. He may have been an incredible person, but all the community saw was his stuff. There's nothing wrong with having things, but if that is our only legacy, then that's a problem. If power is our only legacy, that's a problem. Our legacy is not what we happen to accrue in our lifetimes in terms of things, 
or, or positions. The Bible makes it very clear what happens to those things when we die. What happens to them? They're meaningless. What is eternal, what matters, is the legacy of love and relationship that we have invested in. Those things do not end when we die. What do people remember when they remember us? What kinds of things are better because we've been here? Will they remember us for our kindness or our judgment? Our riches or our generosity? Our popularity or our integrity? Our values as Christians are different than those of the dominant culture. If we resemble the culture we inhabit exactly, we are not living fully in the authentic love and grace of Christ. We should look strange to everyone. Some of you do that better than others. I'm not going to name any names. We should not fit perfectly into a political party. Did you hear that? Being a Christian does not mean you affiliate with one party or another. We shouldn't fit into any of these structures of the world. We should be rogues and pirates of God's grace who make everyone feel both a little nervous and beautifully loved. I'm so proud of our church and the way that we do this. Y'all have stepped out boldly to welcome our neighbors in need. Grace is literally a hot spot in San Antonio for serving the community. We started and housed Christian Assistance Ministry that was literally started out of, out of the trunks of folks' cars at Grace Lutheran Church. We partner with the city of San Antonio. We have showers in the city here. We offer showers six days a week to homeless folk who have no other place to take a shower. We have Corazon in the day center at Better Hall. And soon we'll have hope for those who are drug addicted in the basement with counseling, rehab intake, and so much more. And I have been told by other folk in downtown churches that they cannot believe we would welcome people in like this. They both admired us and were made very uncomfortable by our willingness to minister to those in the deepest of needs in downtown San Antonio. That means we're doing something right. I want people to look at what we do as a church and clutch their pearls because they're both terrified and amazed and secretly be drawn to the grace that is communicated in our ministry. I want you to mystify your neighbors, but also be the person that people know they can count on when they're down and out. Will you be at the right hand of God? I'm not sure. But right now, you are God's right hand with your very life. Live into that. Amen.